Mike Brady with um, Mike to Midnight and uh, you will have great enjoyment with that. But meanwhile, I am joined in the studio by Bruce Bolam, the Chief Preventive Health Officer of Victoria. And I, I just have to say, Bruce, um, I, I didn't, I, I, I thought of having you on the show long before I thought of anything else, but ladies and gentlemen, how good is it when your guest actually lives not far from you and they <laughs> drive you in because I only have one hand at the moment. <laughs> I can't drive a car. So, yeah, Bruce, I have to say. thank you and your family for um, letting you come on and, and you picking me up and dropping me home. I've got to say, isn't oh, that wonderful? Absolute pleasure. It is hilarious. Um, and so we'll be talking the first hour about um, your, uh, your well-being plan for Victoria, which was tabled, and uh, one of the, uh, the things is injury prevention Indeed. and uh, as I said earlier on in the show um, you know I've always got some clinical thing that I can relate to myself there I was going into lecture medical students I opened a door and didn't see the step and down I went and I landed on my shoulder and ladies and gentlemen it sounded like stepping on a packet of Doritos it went and uh, the good news was I was across the road from the, from the Royal Melbourne Hospital so I went across the road and I had a fabulous experience and the experience was this there I was in the uh, waiting room thinking um, gee you know I, I expect to wait that's how the system works um, and of course there'd be people who had life threatening illnesses um, more than me so I was prepared to wait and all of a sudden this uh, person came out and said to me pop up and uh, follow me and I said popping up is easy for you to say but anyway we went into this uh, clinic and she said I'm a physiotherapist, a specialist physiotherapist, and I'm not a doctor or a nurse. And I thought, wow, this is really good. It was a fast-tracked fracture clinic, and joining me tonight is um, the fabulous Bernarda Kavka, who is the project lead and physiotherapy manager at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, and Emily Cross, who is intimately involved, and she's a physio too, intimately involved in this project. I was blown away by having this fast-tracked fracture thing. Do tell, ladies. Thanks, Sally, for having us here. Um, just a correction, I'm not the manager of the physiotherapy department. <laughs> I'll oh. just clarify that. Okay. So it said you were physiotherapy manager, but not... No, so I'm a physiotherapist. I work at the Royal Melbourne. And, um, yes, you had a great service by our advanced practice physiotherapists in the emergency department. Mm. Um, so their role is to see a cohort of patients um, in place of the doctors in the emergency departments. So that often means that you can get seen more quickly. Mm. Um, they'll do the assessment, and it's usually for musculoskeletal injuries. Um, and then if there are any um, issues that they need to relay past the consultant in emergency, they'll do so. It just means that they can see that group of patients more quickly mm. um, and that they can refer you on to services out in the community. Well, I think it's wonderful because, um, it, as you say, fast-tracks people who really can go home. And uh, I, I found it very good. I got a call four hours later from the orthopaedic consultant, who'd obviously they sit and review all the cases, and they said, look, you do need an operation. But um, I said, look, I've got private health cover. I'll, um, I'll organise that. And being a doctor was pretty easy. I'll, I'll talk to someone and organise that. So I ended up going privately, and thank you, Epworth. It was great. And thank you, um, Mr. Eden Raleigh, who is just my fabulous surgeon, and, of course, the fabulous Peter Larkins, who assisted at the operation. Love your work. Doc Larkins, and um, but but it was great to find I could sit at home. I didn't have to hang around uh, in the uh, in the emergency department. So how long has this fracture clinic or this fast track clinic been going? 
So the ED, Advanced Practice Physiotherapy Roles, have been around for about 10 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Emily and I run um, a slightly different service where had you not gone to the Epworth Hospital, um, our orthopaedic surgeons would have reviewed your x-rays and information the following day. Um, and then Emily and I would have given you a phone call and offered you advice over the phone. Um, so our service is very similar to the emergency department service. So all the patients that attend um, the Royal Melbourne Hospital Emergency Department with the musculoskeletal injury get referred to our service um, where our orthopaedic surgeons have a look at all their imaging, their x-rays, MRIs and make a plan for them. Um, and we found that one third of patients actually didn't need to come into our hospital outpatient departments. Emily and I can quite confidently give them a phone call, advice over the phone, send them emails with all the relevant information and they can be managed safely in the community. With their GP? Yes, with their GP. Um, we send them off to physiotherapy if needed. Um, we'll organise all their paperwork, their work cover certificates, etc. And oh, wow. if they need any x-rays or MRIs, we'll coordinate that for them. So this is called a virtual fracture clinic. It and is. you were the first at the Royal Melbourne, I believe. It's a Royal Melbourne first. And uh, congratulations on it. It's wonderful. So how long has the virtual fracture clinic been running? We started in 2017 and we were quite fortunate to get a grant from Better Care Victoria, which is um, part of the Department of oh, Health. Oh, we've got the department here. Yes. <laughs> So thank you very well, much. Bruce Fallon is chief. Nothing to do with me, but I'll take the glory on behalf of the department. Yeah, so it's a program that's been well established in the United Kingdom. Um, so we do often have doctors that come over to the Royal Melbourne from the UK, and they were talking to us about how well it works over there. So we thought, why don't we take that model and apply it to the Australian setting? And we've been running for two years now. We've had probably 4,000 patients. Wow. And, uh, yeah. On that note, 96900 if you've been a recipient of care in the virtual factory clinic at the uh, Royal Melbourne, do give us a call, 96900 Love to hear from you. Um, it, it, it really was so gratifying to see this project and I just thought I don't think people even know that, uh, that this sort of thing exists so they're always saying oh all this weight in the emergency department but we are working on new and innovative things to change it and Bruce you, you've worked mm. in the UK yeah. and, and there's mm. marvellous work going on over there in, in all sorts of innovative things. Yeah and look at, at the end of the day from a patient's perspective these kind of innovations it brings you care closer to your home mm. but it's, it's good from the systems perspective because obviously we need a hospital so people need to go into hospital if you don't need to go to hospital, we want to do our darndest uh, as stewards of the system uh, here to try and deal with that demand and I think it's a great example of a win for patients and a win for the public healthcare system too. Well, uh, uh, the thing that I noted was it was also nice I was away from the hustle bustle of the rest of the emergency department and there was just in this small little four bed ward sort of thing obviously all of us had musculoskeletal things going on and, and I have to say a big thank you to the Melbourne University medical students who escorted me across to the emergency department and were just absolutely gorgeous and my physiotherapist who my um, Catherine who saw me was so wonderful she said right here are the x-rays and brought them up on the screen okay medical students have a look at this and it was wonderful because we put the medical students to work in the diagnosis so it was good fun so it's been going for two years and uh, is that does that now a permanent fixture it is. We've been quite fortunate with the Melbourne Health Executive. They've been very supportive and they've provided ongoing funding for our roles, um, which means that we can continue to provide that service and really ease the burden of the injury on the patient. Mm. So provide that care at home. Um, it's at the patient's convenience. Um, they can contact uh, do us. Do you have a, a, 
going out to the home sort of service or is it all done virtually? All done virtually. Um, if the patients require any therapy, we'll coordinate that at a place close to their home or they can come to the Royal Melbourne for oh, physiotherapy. Um, they've always got our mobile phone number if they need to contact us or they can send us an email and hopefully that reduces the number of people that return to the emergency department with issues. Yeah. Well, I remember I used to work at the Royal Melbourne Emergency Department back in the 1990s and uh, I can remember we, we used to see someone with a fracture, we'd put them in a plaster and say, come back tomorrow to get your plaster checked and then come back to fracture cleaning. And for people who really didn't live close by or even if they did, they got a fracture. And I know that, you know, really it can be very difficult to get around. Those were pre-Uber days, so um, mm. it can be very difficult. But um, Emily, tell me about your role. Uh, I'm one of the virtual fracture clinic coordinators, um, similar role to Bernada. So we triage the referrals from the emergency department and uh, do the phone calls and the, uh, the, I guess, over the phone patient care. Mm. And how is it being received? In fact, it, as I said earlier, 96900693, if you've been a recipient of the virtual fracture clinic at the Royal Melbourne, love to hear from you. So what's been the response from patients? I think they appreciate getting early contact. So that's uh, one of the other things that uh, is a change from the, original model where within 48 hours the patient has a contact call mm. uh, with a decision that's come from a specialist and a lot of people say that they find that very reassuring and they don't often take in everything that they're told at the emergency department no. on the day or the stress and uh, there's a lot going on there so just to have a, a professional call them and reiterate that. And tell me what helpful. sort of communication are you having with the GPs is that if the patient tells you they want their GP involved or um, just they nominate a GP and off you go? So all patients um, receive an electronic copy of the letter for, for their GP oh, and we'll send out that letter to the GP. Um, we encourage GPs to contact us if they have any queries or concerns. But it's really um, about providing GPs education within that letter mm. um, just to give them more confidence because many of the conditions they can manage safely on their own. Mm. Um, for example, foot fractures or a simple elbow fracture. Mm. Um, just to give them more confidence to know that they've got a contact. I suppose the other thing from from a sort of a general practice perspective, a fracture isn't the only thing that happens when you have a fracture and especially when people are put in um, plasters and what have you, you've got the risk of um, DVT and things. Does your clinic talk about that with patients as well? Yeah, we do, particularly for patients, say, with a lower limb fracture that are travelling via air. Um, if they're going overseas or interstate, we really encourage them to go and speak to their GP about um, anticoagulation, mm. um, the risks associated with flying. Yeah, blood thinners. Um, we, you know, provide patients with exercises to make sure that they keep their joints moving. And I'm a big... Um advocate for this whole prevention of clots and we will talk about this in a later show but basically um, there was some um, information and data that came out of the national safety and I can't remember the acronym but it was all about the fact that um, sometimes it's the first three months after coming out of hospital that the people often develop these clots and can have a pulmonary embolus which I, I know all about. Um, so it is very important that they realise look it's not just your fracture you have to look after it's everything else. Yeah, and it's all their comorbidities, so any other medical illnesses that they mm. have. For example, you know, if they're a diabetic and they've got a lower limb fracture, they can't move around a lot. Mm. Um, so it's really about integrated care and working closely with the GP. Mm. We've got Katrina on the line. Hi, Katrina. It's, it's 